This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again by Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. Thank you. We're going to jump right into topic here in just a moment, but we want to ask you if you have not written a review for us on the podcast, please go do that, whether it's iTunes or wherever it may be you listen to this. Go leave us a review. We, we try to read those and grow and learn and maybe get some encouragement even if this is helpful to you. So feel free to do that if you haven't yet. Thanks to those who have written reviews, who are loyal listeners to this podcast. We're grateful for you. And make sure you write us and let us know ways that we can tackle other topics that you would like for us to, to be able to, to tackle. Also, remember, practicalshepherding.com is available to you and all of our resources that are there to be able to help be helpful to you, including reaching out to us and let us know ways that we can be a help to you in your ministry. So uh, remember us if there's any way we can help, please do that and reach out to us. Uh, Jim, we, we have a topic we want to cover today that we both agree is important and it's something we really have never covered before. And that is, uh, what does a pastor do in dealing with the pain and difficulty and hardship and suffering that the ministry in caring for people specifically brings. We've talked about this before, but we want to talk. We want to focus on one aspect of this, and that's how does a pastor deal with the, the pain of that? Because a lot of times, the two things that that show up in a pastor's life is anger and guilt are the two things you and I, I think have narrowed down to. This is mm-hmm. those are two of the main ways that pastors respond to frustrations and painful things said to them dealing with people in their lives or trying to care for people who don't receive their care i mean all we could the list goes on and mm-hmm. on but we want to spend some time talking about anger and guilt as the two things that often pastors feel in the midst of dealing with the pain so that's what we want to talk about today before we get into the topic will you kind of set it up biblically on how we can begin to to think about this frame it for us I think what we're looking at, I would add maybe another word here, Brian, okay. and that's frustration uh, that we have in ministry, and it's 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 between uh, it's expectation and reality. What we hoped would be, and and maybe the ease with which we hoped certain things would be accomplished, our expectations of what would happen. Again, if we're faithful, if we love people, if we preach the word, if we give good counsel then the hope and expectation is people are going to receive that word, they're going to respond to that word, they're going to live not sinlessly perfect lives, but generally lives of holiness. People are going to get along. They're going to thrive. They're going to be appreciative. They're going to have, a, they're going to like you and love you for what you you do for them, and that's not every pastor's uh, testimony. Is that any pastor's testimony? Um, it might be close, but not, but not many. Certainly and, not and, in and the ideal, it's, right? Yeah, it, it's not the norm. Yeah, not the norm. And, 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 Brian, we have to really almost go back to the fall to see this. And uh, thorns and thistles, you, you know, it's, it's, by, it's by the sweat of your brow that you will uh, eat your bread. Right, thorns right. and thistles are going to grow. So that's that's an agricultural statement, but it's true for all labor. Mm-hmm. So it's true for us in our study as we're trying to exegete. Why is that passage so hard to exegete? Thorns and thistles. Yeah. Why is this counseling session so hard? Thorns and thistles. It's yeah. by the sweat of your brow. Yeah, that's good. You're not living in the day in which it's you know where the um, the reapers are going to overtake the plowers. It's just that's not the that's not the age in which we live. Yeah. And so it, it is part and parcel of all labor. It probably it feels particularly painful 
uh, when it's in regard to ministering. And we've talked in the past, Brian, about having certain high expectations because the Word of God is the Word of God, because it is powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, because the Spirit of God is living and because He is active in the world and because He does convert people and He will transform people uh, into the likeness of Christ, we become, again, I think either... We can become bitter, we can become frustrated, we can become angry, or or we feel guilty. And, and, and some of that guilt, that guilt comes from two places. One, it's self-imposed. Yes. If I were a better pastor, or it is flock-imposed. Yes. This is your fault. Um, the reason my marriage is falling apart is because you weren't there and you didn't do enough or whatever the case, or if you were a better pastor, if you were a wiser pastor, if you were a better preacher, then my kid wouldn't be a homosexual, you know, whatever it is, or my kid wouldn't be, you know, I don't say that lightly. I'm saying these are actual things that are said to pastors. You know, my kid wouldn't have gotten into fornication. My kid wouldn't have lost his faith in college. You know, it's because you, you didn't do enough. And you can take that to heart in a way that really can almost most do. You, you know, most do. It, it can it can either collapse you or you can respond to that with an with a rage almost, mm-hmm. uh, yep. a bitter anger uh, toward that person that ruins that relationship. They spoke out of frustration. They spoke out of pain. You respond with anger. And and it might be the beginning of the end of that relationship, or it's the beginning of the end of your ministry there mm-hmm. because you just can't take it anymore. So that's really good and set up well. Thank you. I, I think uh, we want to before we dig into this, acknowledging that that anger and guilt uh, that we actually want to talk about a solution to that. There's actually a biblical solution to mm-hmm. this that can be helpful. Before yeah. we go there. I want to take a minute and acknowledge that there are plenty of times, I would say, that anger is a good thing. Right. That guilt is even good mm-hmm. uh, in certain ways. Okay. And we, we'll flesh these things out because a lot of times it turns bad. Yeah. Anger can turn sinful. Guilt can become crushing in a really right. unhelpful way. <clears throat> but the but Ephesians says, be angry and do not sin. Exactly. There, there's a category. Jesus modeled righteous anger. There's a category of anger that's and actually- the prophets did, And right. the prophets. That anger is actually good. It's good for the human soul to experience and feel, I would it's argue. part of being an image bearer of God. Exactly right. And so I, I want to first acknowledge that, that. And I say that because a lot of pastors don't know how to feel anger in a healthy way because they see it as all bad. I mean, I'm talking just human beings, I think, right. function that way. So we first want to highlight there are moments where- uh, where anger is actually a good and proper emotion to feel if something's happened to you. Mm-hmm. Guilt, you know, if I really mess up, if I really did something that was harmful to somebody, you know, as a pastor, and I feel bad over that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, if you're really guilty, then you have a place to take your guilt. I just want to acknowledge that yeah. there are circumstances around where right. we want to be self-aware of why do I feel angry, why do I feel guilty, whatever it is, but that in many cases, to your point earlier, the anger turns into rage. The right. anger turns into bitterness. The right. the guilt becomes crushing to the soul, right. not in a helpful way. So I think I want to acknowledge that as a caveat and then say, but but really what we want to talk about is when anger and guilt specifically become toxic to the pastor's soul. Mm. And then how do we how do we deal with it in a healthy way, in a biblical way, yeah. in a way that is that it is able to take our take to God how we're feeling, how we're struggling, and and there's really one main solution that you, 
that you wanted to mention in this? What what's that solution to that, Jim? Yeah, well, I think the well, let's do with the. Two. I think there's the two you talked. You mentioned two. What do you do with your? What do you do with your your guilt? Right. What do you do with your anger? And I think something that channels both of them and is a third way is, is a recognition of grief and lament uh, in ministry. So, uh, that is to take to God the reality of your sorrow and of your disappointment uh, of what you desired. And even there's a fascinating thing with the Lord Jesus because you know He's sovereign and all of these things. And he says, you know, I would have taken you under my wing, but you were not willing. Mm-hmm. You know, that that kind of a thing. Or, you know, there are other things I need to say to you, but you're not able to bear it. That, that That's not, that's, I don't think, take that as finger wagging. I, I take that in a sense of it's the reality of life in a fallen world. It's the reality of dealing with you know, not of course our Lord didn't deal with this, but for us, we're imperfect people dealing with imperfect people. And we don't always have all the wisdom and we're not always able to help. And people aren't always helped by what we, by what we bring in the way that we wish or the way that we thought or felt uh, or strongly convinced that they should have. Now that was good counsel. That should have helped you. That should have brought joy to you. And it didn't. And and you can get angry at that. Yeah. Um, why didn't that help? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. you know, so it's either so that what's wrong with you is the unrighteous anger. What's wrong with me is the uh, unnecessary guilt. But part of it is is the recognition that we are not yet where we are going to be, mm. and 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 a proper response to that. A proper response. At times, to the world in which we live, the evangelical world, the reformed world, uh, the church world, the ecclesiastical world, the political world, uh, the the is is an acknowledgement that there is a part of this that is that is broken, and the church is placed in the midst of of a broken world, a sinful world, a rebellious world, with people who will be perfectly redeemed, but who are in process of that, and that living in the in-between, between what theologians call the already and the not yet, can produce in us, and ought to produce in us at times, a way, you know, a, a how long, O Lord, yeah. a why. And those are some of the greatest questions that are asked. Most oft-asked questions in the Word of God are things like how long. And this is, this is crucial to a pastor lasting a long time in ministry, yeah. in the midst of what is constant pain, frustration, struggle in these ways. And so for clarity's sake, what you're saying, you're talking about Christian lament being kind of the the way to deal with these things of anger when we feel them and frustration and, and guilt. And, and by the way, when we say Christian lament, we're talking about taking those things, not ignoring them, not trying to shove them. So like actually taking them to God and right. cry out to God and say, and, and you know, I'm angry over this. You know, I, I'm, I feel guilty o- over this. You know, I'm, I'm sorrowful over this. That's what you're talking about when you say exactly Christian Exactly, right. Lament, that, uh, yes. Just want to clarify yeah, yes. that. Yes, yeah, in case that's, I want to make sure that that's clear because, you know, it may be that we feel like I, I can't take my complaint before guys. I'm told not to complain. Well, you know, well, I'm we, not to complain about any. You know, we're, you know, be anxious for nothing. 
Um, I think that's you know, really common. Do all things without complaining, you know. So we think to ourselves, I can't complain about, you know. And uh, so I'm I'm responding because I don't have a category to put this in. And so my my category naturally again either is to take this guilt or to receive every accusation as being 100 percent genuine. Yep. Or when it's not, becoming angry. Uh, over that how dare they don't they know what i do don't they know how much i love them don't know how much i'm trying don't they know you know i wish they would and and where do you take that well if you take it against that person or just inwardly can turn toxic yeah but taken upwardly where and that is and take that take that heart take that and and just say god I, i am you see lord you know you've watched and you know what my heart has been in this situation and uh, you know what I desired, you know what all my labors were for this, and this is how it's been received. It's not done what I desire it to do. I don't know that it will ever do that, yeah. and, and I, I don't want to be toxically angry. I don't want to be consumed with a crushing guilt where I have failed. Of course, you know, have you failed have you been a perfect shepherd? No, Spurgeon wasn't. Jonathan Edwards wasn't. You know, whoever whoever your ideal preacher man, preacher boy is, they they all have failure. They all have something where they recognize where they lacked wisdom. They were inconsistent. They were not perfectly balanced. They weren't the perfect exegete or lover of people or evangelist or whatever it is. And what do you do with that? Well, so, so this is why this is so important, and that's that if you don't do anything with it, that's where it becomes toxic in your soul. Yeah, and, and so I there's hear, a lot of men that used to be pastors, and, and and I get contacted regularly of a pastor burdened by, I I sense bitterness coming in, and yeah. I sense you know I'm feeling just discouraged, this, this guilt over me all the time. I hear that regularly, and so you know, we want one, we want pastors to know they're not alone in this struggle, but Amen. two, there is a healthy way to deal with that. And I want to first stress the part of the Christian lament allows you allows you to be able to take those things to God. It's amazing how it's amazing how much pastors think I can't take certain things to God. Right. As if God can't handle our anger. God can't handle whatever junk we want to bring to him. So I, I want to emphasize the the aspect of Christian lament that's so important to me is that not just that we can take it to actually God, the one who can actually receive it and hear it and do something about mm-hmm. it, but it's actually okay to do that. And, and I think right. that that's what a lot of guys miss. And and that's what we want to stress here. That's the first thing. Uh, second is that uh, Christian lament is all over the Psalms. Mm. And and I think that the Psalms model for us that we can't, how we can take these things to God and that we should take these things to God. And I, I even think the formula of the lament in the Psalms is, you know, cry out to God in these things. When you read some of the things that the psalmist wrote, you're like, wow, he's actually saying that to God? Right. And by the end of the psalm, it's it you see this refrain of, but I trust you and I, and I hope in you. And so something happens spiritually, I think, even emotionally in Christian lament. And so it's in the Psalms modeled for us. And I, and I think that's really what we want to be able to emphasize is anger and guilt and, and sorrow and those things are, are important as human beings to be felt. 
and and we're created in the image of God. We're human beings, but we want a healthy place to to take that. And that's really what Christian lament. So is. you're saying, Brian, that, that it's not just a, a a pastor being weak, womanly, and whiny when yeah. he feels sadness or brokenhearted. He shouldn't just man up and. Uh, Get some more hair on his chest and bench a little bit more. Anybody who knows me knows. Yes, that's what I'm. I'm saying. But you're you're making a good point in that. Uh, some guy of, again. Cause again, I think sometimes we're going to feel guilty over this, or, or we're going to feel angry over the and, and not again recognize a fuller spectrum of biblical emotion and biblical anthropology, and even of theology, a richer theology of, of how does a believer respond. Uh, to the world, and even when that world is the church, which which on the one hand is so glorious and beautiful, and and the the language of the word of God could hardly be higher mm. in regard to it, so yeah. that it's flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, he's given as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is the house of God, the pillar and the ground of the truth, and yet it, it is living in the in-between. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not Middle Earth, but it's, it's middle reality. We live in, we pastor in middle reality between a work begun, but a work not, not completed, and sometimes what's in between has ugliness to it, and, and which is why we have doctrines like church discipline, which is why there are so many exhortations toward patience and gentleness and long-suffering and forbearing is because of this reality of the world in which we live. And, and, and I think, again, sometimes, Brian, you said sometimes a proper response is a sense of guilt. God, I have failed. I haven't done. I've, I've withdrawn. I didn't love. I didn't confront. I, I didn't give all of the truth because I was afraid of how it was going to. Or, God, I'm angry because I did do that, and it didn't bear the fruit that I wanted it to bear. I thought, I thought this would change them, and it didn't change them, and I'm angry. But also that recognition in the, in the midst of both, of both of those things is I'm grieving over this. Yeah. And that can—so my guilt— should lead you to the fountain open for sin and uncleanness and to the liberty that belongs to those who are forgiven. Christ has died for your failures. Christ can, Christ is not hamstrung by your failures. He's not handcuffed by your failures. His word is still powerful. His spirit is still active. You know, so the anger, take that, you know, in a way that's that's productive and helpful and godly. You're highlighting something that's I, th- I think really important, and that's the difference between condemnation and conviction. Yes. And so I, I think a lot of pastors live in guilt that moves to condemnation, which mm-hmm. we're told specifically Romans eight that there is no condemnation for those in Christ. So, it, but conviction, even guilt over you know feeling a sorrow over messing up and hurting somebody. Being imperfect, not doing everything right, making mistakes—that sorrow there is okay. That like there's a there's yeah. a guilt, there's a sorrow uh, over something that we we did that hurt somebody else. That a sorrow is good when it leads to condemnation, which is where I think a lot of pastors live in more than they realize. Right. That's a pro- that's where the problem comes. That's where guys just can't do this for long periods of time. And I want to add real quickly, Brian, just because I want to make sure I say this, is that when I say when you deal with your guilt, sometimes you need to go- deal with your guilt 
congregationally, not not just before God. Yeah, sure. But congregationally, and not in a not again in a way that's whiny or self serving or that is manipulative. You know, but a, but an honest recognition of, and and I'm not just up here saying I'm just a human and I fail. I'm saying that. I knew I knew what I needed to do, and I didn't do it because I was afraid or I was ashamed yeah. or uh, and and I failed you. In you got to own that. You know, you got to own, own that. that. Right. So sometimes you confess your humanity, but sometimes you have to confess I actually sinned, and I've taken it before the Lord, and I want to take it before you, brethren. What I did was careless, or what I did was I was afraid. I was yeah. I was afraid, and, and, and or whatever the or I was angry. And good things, God works in amazing ways when a pastor humbles himself like that and goes to his congregation yeah. in those ways. It shows he's human to them, which is actually a good thing. A lot the, again, pastors buy into this. You don't need this, to hide that from them? Yeah, right, exactly. Pa- pastors buy into this idea that I'm supposed to look like I have it all together. Well, why would you do that? You don't. You know, nobody does. It's, it's not so, a good advertisement for a religion for people <laughs> that are hellbound and, and and incredibly sinful. This right. is so true. So this, so Jim, I, I want to as we wrap this up. I want we've mentioned this resource before, but I think it's the classic resource to mention in light of this conversation: "Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy," a book by Mark Vergope. Uh, it's the best book on Christian lament I've ever read, and it was written a couple of years ago, so it's in a modern context. But uh, Mark preached through Lamentations in his church, and the book was an outflow of that. I read this book, and last year I actually preached through Lamentations for the first time, and it was extraordinary what the Lord did in our church through that. Just putting before a church that that there's actually this category of Christian lament, and it's actually God's a remedy to deal with mm. the already not yet, the pain we feel now that's not going to be fully relieved yet. But there's healthy and biblical and spiritual ways that are helpful to deal with it. So pick up that book if you're remotely interested in this topic, and what's the best thing that I know. Uh, I think Crossway uh, is the one that that published that, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Any final thought on this, Jim? Yes, and I think maybe a final thing is uh, as you work through these variety of emotions, it's it's good to have somebody – uh, I would I would encourage you probably don't pour this out to your wife, but but have somebody uh, have a, a a fellow elder either in your church or outside your church uh, who will both listen to you and be and be faithful to you, and so that means that the, that they're going to be the types that are that that are brave enough and love you enough to say, be careful, brother. You know you're crossing a line, mm-hmm. and, and yet encourage you in the midst of it uh, to know again that you're not alone. Maybe even just something like this is helpful, because I think these are more shameful things that we can deal with as pastors. That I feel so guilty, I feel so condemned, I'm so angry, and don't have anywhere to go. To and talk I don't have about anywhere it. to go yeah. because if I talk about it, I mean, what pastor talks about things like that? Yeah. You know, because it's I'm supposed to be filled with hope, filled with zeal, filled with you know, and I'm supposed to just let all this stuff roll off me, and it shouldn't touch me. And I'm being a whiner, or I'm being a complainer. Maybe you are, and if you are, then take it to the Lord. Let somebody else evaluate, but but do understand and read your Bible, read your Psalms, read Lamentations, read Ecclesiastes, read the pastoral epistles, and you'll see these these notes uh, of this sorrow and, and, and sense of frustration of dealing with the already and the not yet. And that's a good lead-in to remind you, if you don't have anybody to go to, you need to just reach out to us 
and con- go to the contact page and reach out to us. And we have a team actually that is available to be able to help any of you who reach out to us. And so. unlike some really big podcasts and whatnot, we might actually call you and or set something up and meet with you. So I mean, this like, is true. We do. We res- I, we try to respond to anybody who reaches out to us, at, whether it's social media or through the website. So if yeah. you don't have anywhere to go. Uh, you need a safe place to try to talk about some of these kind of things. Please reach out to us. We either want to be able to help, or we can we're, connect we're, you to somebody. Brian's full time now, so he can. I just got all this time on my hands. Time now. The I, world, I right? should be able. Yeah, I'll just be able to answer all the personal, all the questions personally. Actually, I there can't, but but that, but I'm no, able to but, do a lot more because but of it. We should be able to put you in touch with somebody who can. That's right, and, and it could even again possibly be us. So we could, if we can help, we want to know. So let me let me pray and ask God to just help all of us who are who are um, having this conversation and part of this. Lord, thanks that you've made us in your image, and though we're fallen and sinful and broken because of we're in a fallen world and sin has corrupted us, we thank you for the rede- redemption we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. But we also recognize we, we have a battle of the flesh and the spirit that we walk in in this already not yet time, and pastors are not exempt from that. So Lord, would you help us? Help us to allow ourselves to feel the emotion of our humanity and the things we face Help us to face it in a healthy way. Give us grace to do that, to lament to you, knowing you can handle anything we bring to you, and you're not afraid of that. You're not afraid of what we bring to you. So, Lord, you help us to cry out to you and that you would comfort us by your grace, through your truth, through the power of your Spirit at work in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.